This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, hello and welcome to an evening of fun followed by fear in the first part of Theater of the Mind. We're entertained by that wacky duo, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Now, I've mentioned before about how they got started in the world of entertainment via burlesque and success on the radio. And, of course, their most famous skit, Who's On First, as well as their work in the movies. With the mentioning of Who's On First, I must tell you a fascinating little bit of business about that. The routine is believed to be available in as many as 20 versions, ranging from one minute to about 10 minutes. The team could time the routine at will, adding or deleting portions as needed for films, radio, and TV. If they needed to fill four minutes, for example, Abbott and Costello would do four minutes bang on. They were that good. The longest version is seen in The Actor's Home, an episode from one of their filmed TV series in which Who's On First constitutes the second half of the program. You're about to hear a takeoff on that famous bit, but only as it has to do with driving lessons, not baseball. So let's get to the fun. Here's Abbott and Costello on Theater of the Mind. and they spell camel. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. And draw up a chair for tonight's camel show starring Bud Abbott and Luke Costello. Come over here. Where? Where in the world have you been? Hey, Abbott. What? I just come from the movies. They were showing a wild Bill Elliott western. I never saw so much shooting in my life. Oh, never mind that. Bang, 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 bang. Hey, hey. How in the world did you get that big hole in your hat? I was sitting so close to the screen that wild Bill Elliott mistook me for one of the wrestlers and I got hit by a stray bullet. Oh, you idiot. Why do you always go to those western movies? Because my next picture's going to be a western, Abbott. And I'm going to be a bad man. I can see myself now holding up the bank. I got a gun in each hand, a handkerchief tied across my nose. Why do you have the handkerchief tied across your nose? I may have to blow in a hurry. I, uh... <laughs> after I stick up the bank, after I stick up the bank, I'll climb on my old faithful old sombrero, stick my six shooters into my Holsteins, tie my chaps around my throat, twirl my corral over my head, and ride off into the old bandanas. Ah, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> what does that mean, Costello? How should I know? That's cowboy talk. <laughs> That should be some picture, Costello. Who's going to be your leading lady? Marilyn Maxwell. Marilyn. Dear old Marilyn. 
Merlin plays the part of the richest girl in the West. She's got thousands of head of cattle. I know, and you try to win her just to get possession of her cattle. Shame on you, Abbott. Do uh, I look like the kind of a guy that would marry a girl for a prime rib? Uh, yeah, look, you... <laughs> look, you nitwit. If you want Meryl Maxwell to make a Western picture with you, why don't you, why don't you make her the star? Do a classic Western story. That's a great idea, Abbott. We'll film the story of Annie Oakley. Uh, do you know the story? Certainly I know it. Annie Oakley was a very famous girl. Uh, she was a very famous girl. Where, where was she born? She was, she was... Huh? Where was she born? Where was she born? She was born in the town of Wyoming that was named after her. The town of Bashful. Bashful? Bashful, Wyoming was named after Anne? Sure. Ain't you ever heard of Cheyenne? Cheyenne. Wyoming? <laughs> From now on, keep your big mouth shut because I gotta finish the story. Okay, go ahead. Now, one day when Annie was a little girl, she looked out the window and she saw her father shooting the sheriff. And he was scared. So she immediately. You mean the little... sheriff was in jeopardy? Yes. And then, 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 then. Could I have that again? I said the sheriff was in jeopardy. Yes, he was a jeopardy sheriff. Jeopardy. <laughs> Boy, did I get out of that one. Abbott, why don't you let me tell this? Now, you get oh. out of here. Go on over to the craft music hall and show them what a real hunk of cheese looks oh, like. Oh, no. <laughs> Head with your story. Okay, now one day Annie was eating a big bowl of cornflakes. Her father rushed in screaming, Annie, I found nuggets down by the creek. No, 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 you mean he screamed, I found a bonanza. Yeah, he's, he, he screamed what? Bonanza, bonanza. How do you like that? Now he's putting bonanzas and scream on the cornflakes. <laughs> oh, you don't understand. You see, Lou, in the story, the father found a bonanza and he split it with Annie. Yeah, they had a bonanza split. Uh, and... <laughs> yeah, but shut up. Before I supposed to laugh. Now, Annie decided to go prospecting, so she put a solid gold saddle on her horse and rode away. Wait a minute. And, and Why did she ride on a solid gold saddle to go prospecting? Because every time the horse hit a bump, she struck it rich. She's right. <laughs> oh, stop this silly stuff, Costello. You should be ashamed of yourself cooking up a ridiculous story like that for a picture to star Marilyn Maxwell. I'm sorry, Abby. Uh, you should be. But I love Marilyn. I was only trying to figure some way to make a hit with her. Well, I don't blame you, Lou. She, she really is lovely. Why, I could fall for her myself. Abbott, at your age, you don't fall. You collapse. Ah. <laughs> There's only one thing wrong with our romance, Abbott. What is that? She's penny-wise. Marilyn is penny-wise? Yes, I ain't got a penny, and she's wise to it. Oh. <laughs> oh, Louis! Louis Costello! Hey, look, it's Marilyn Maxwell! Oh, Louis! Louis, I wonder if you could come over to my house in the morning and take me out for a driving lesson. Oh, you bet. Hey, Abbott, she loves me. Merlin, you do love me, don't you? See that you adore me. See that you're mad about me. Uh-huh. See that you think I'm wonderful, that you dream of me every night, that you think I'm adorable. Mm-hmm. And I'm the handsomest, sweetest, cutest, dearest little dumpling in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, Merlin, you say the nicest things. <laughs> well, I've got to go now. Don't forget, Louis. Tomorrow, you're going to take me for a driving lesson. Goodbye. Oh, Abbott, isn't she wonderful? She gets so much out of a goodbye. <laughs> I don't know. She's not the only saying on the beach. But she says goodbye. But that sends me. She's not the only saying on the beach to me. Yes, but she's so nicely piled. Ah, yes. <laughs> you idiot. Why did you promise to give her a driving lesson? You don't even have a driver's license yourself. I don't need one, Abbott. I haven't even got a car. And another thing. No car? No, this is terrible, Abbott. You've got to help me out. How can I teach Marilyn to drive without a car? Ah, don't get excited. I'll stick to you and help you out. We, we'll just have to rent a car. Where can we get one? Uh, you drive. Me drive? No, you drive. I said I drive. You don't drive it. I drive it. Drive what? Uh, you drive. 
Why should I drive when you want to drive? I'm going to drive. Look, Costello, I'm running a you drive and I drive it. Then we both drive it. Uh, no, no, we do nothing of the kind. I drive. When I say you drive, I don't mean you drive. I mean that I drive, although it's a you drive. Oh, when you say you drive, you don't mean me drive. You mean you drive because I don't drive. Uh, now you've got it. Now I've got it. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> now look, Abbott, you go to a place to rent a car. Yes. And you are driving the car. Yes. Where am I sitting? You are sitting right next to me. Is there a steering wheel in front of me? No. Then you're positive that I'm not driving. I'm positive. And you're driving the car. Yes. All right. What kind of a car are you driving? You drive. Somebody better be driving. No, 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 Costello. Look, I'm trying to explain this. We go out and we rent a car. Right. Where are we going to get it? You drive company. Now I drive company. I thought you, I, and Marilyn were going all alone. You don't understand. It hurts you drive. Well, if it hurts you drive. <laughs> now, that's right. That's right. This is getting worse. Don't you see? The head of the company's hurts. That's too bad. What hurts him? <laughs> Nothing hurts him. Every company has a head. Naturally. Now, this company's head's hurts. Then let him take an aspirin. Uh, listen. <laughs> listen, Costello. It hurts you drive all over the country. If it hurts to drive all over the country, why should I drive Marilyn Maxwell and get hurt? Both of us is liable to get hurt. Oh, yeah. No, you won't. You won't get hurt. It's Hurt's company. Hurt's company? Yes. But I don't want to hurt nobody. Look, Abbott, will you go with me to Marilyn's house tomorrow? Why? Well, her mother thinks I'm the biggest jerk in the world. So? I want her to get a good look at you. <laughs> You light up a camel, skinny and a sing. Gotta get me somebody to love. Life's the law, oh so law on the prairie. Gotta get me somebody to love. Gotta find one who's kind and not contrary. One who rides by my side, hand in glove. Got my heart, got a silver saddle But there's one thing I keep thinking of Life's so long, oh so long On the prairie Gotta get me somebody to love Gotta get me somebody to love See how that moon shines so bright above I gotta get me somebody to love Well, Costello... 
Since we couldn't rent a car, let's ask Mrs. West Wetwash. You know Mrs. Wetwash. She'll lend, uh, lend you one of her cars. What do you say? Oh, good morning, Mr. Rabbit. My, aren't you a little old to be carrying a balloon? <laughs> oh, pardon me, it's Costello. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Wetwash, you really look sharp today. But isn't that an odd dress you're wearing? Oh, it's just a little thing I wear to tease. Tease who? Boris Koloff? <laughs> Wetwash, Costello would like to borrow one of your cars. He has a date to teach Marilyn Maxwell to drive. And he wants to put on a big front, you know. Big front? Yeah. Huh. He'd better get a wheelbarrow to carry the one he's got now. Costello. <laughs> um, Costello, why are you always chasing that Marilyn Maxwell? What's wrong with me? My late husband always said I had an hourglass figure. Oh, yeah? Well, maybe you ought to stand on your head and let the sand run back. Costello, <laughs> will you cut that out? Look, Mrs. Whitwash, you're a kind lady. Why, just last night I dreamed that you loaned me one of your cars. Well, mm-hmm. when you dream tonight, mm-hmm. drive carefully. You know, Abbott, I got a sneaky feeling that she ain't gonna lend me your car. Oh, never mind her, Costello. We've got to get a car. Hey, look, here comes Skinny Ennis. Let's ask him. Hey, Skinny, I wonder if you would like oh, to... Oh, no, let... Costello. I ain't going to lend you my car. How did you know I was going to ask you? I read the script last night. So long, fatso. Abbott, remind me to get that skinny Ennis back to Bob Hope. Oh, never mind him. Can't six points. Never mind him. Now, look, if you're going to teach Marilyn to drive, there's only one thing to do. Buy a new car. Now, look, Abbott, you know I ain't got enough money to buy a 1947 car. Oh, you don't have to pay all cash. You just put up a down payment. I put up a down payment? That's right. Where do I put it up? (laughs) The place where you put it down. Make up your mind, Abbott. Do I put it up or do I put it down? When you put it up, you're putting it down. You mean I put it up and put it down at the same time? That's right. What am I buying, a car or a yo-yo? No, no, no. (laughs) You dummy, it's very simple. In order to put a payment up, you've got to put it down. So you see when it's down, it's up. How can it be down if it's out? It's only up if you put it down. Just a second. I'm going to buy a new car, right? Right. What do I put down? The jack. And what do I put up? The jack. How do you like that? I ain't even got a car yet. This mug's got me jacking it up and down. <laughs> you idiot, come with me, please. We go, we go in this new car agency, and I'll show you how to buy a new car. Hey, Abbott, look at all those new cars. This guy has so many 1947 cars, you'd think he was a used car dealer. <laughs> Good afternoon, gentlemen. What can I do for you? I'm Dr. Choker. Dr. Do you have to be a doctor to sell automobiles? Well, you see, I make all the new deliveries. (laughs) My friend Costello would like to buy a 1947 car. Oh, fine. Something around $3,500? Or would you like to spend a little more and get into the medium price field? (laughs) Yeah, but this guy puts it up before you can put it down. Now, here's a lovely model. The back seat makes up into a bed and you can sleep in it. Oh, a four-snore sedan. <laughs> Just look at the advantages. Look, look at the, yes, look at the advantages of this car, Mr. Costello. You've got a radio, heater, sun visor, and lights. There are headlights, backup lights, rear lights, parking lights, search lights. What's the search light for? Well, that's to find the switch to put on the headlights. <laughs> then it's got fog lights, smog lights, and hog lights. Hog lights? That's in case you're on a country road and a pig runs in front of you. (laughs) Well, we'll take it. Good. Now, of course, you'll need seat covers. How about these red seat covers? 
They'll do. And you'd better give me a set of blue ones, too. What for? To keep the red seat covers from getting dirty. <laughs> well, uh, we're ready to close the deal now. Put up the down payment, then you're paid up when you put it down till the next down payment comes up. <laughs> Let's not get into that again. Here, take my 50 bucks. $50? $50. Young man, you're in the wrong department. Step through that door onto the lot and walk south. The further south you walk, the cheaper the cars get. Keep going till you get to the $50 car. Come on, Costello. There's the 42s, 1941s, 1940s, 1939s. Nineteen twenty threes, nineteen twenties, nineteen nineteens, nineteen seventeens. Abbott, I'm tired. Ask that salesman over there in the big straw hat where the cheaper cars are. Uh, hey, you. Where are the uh, fifty dollar cars? Two miles south in Mexico City. <laughs> How do you like that? We walked all the way to Mexico, Abbott. Take any car we can get. I can't walk another foot. Here's a very fine car, senor. They not make cars like that today. They'd be crazy if they did. <laughs> what kind of car is it? That's the original Kaiser car. Who's that old guy with the black mustache sitting in the front seat? That is the Kaiser. If you like this car, you can put up the down payment. What's that? How was that? If you put up your 50 pesos, your down payment will be up. How do you like that, Abbott? Now they're doing our routines in Mexico. Camel presents lovely Marilyn Maxwell from Metro-Golden-Mayer, producers of The Beginning or the End. For camel fans everywhere, here's Marilyn to sing the Basin Street Blues. Won't you come along with me down the Mississippi? We'll take a boat to the land of dreams, steam down the river down to New Orleans. The band that meet us Oh, friends to greet us Where all the light and the dark folks meet Heaven on earth, they call it Basin Street Basin Street is the street where all the dark and light folk meet Land of dreams, New Orleans You'll never know how nice it seems Or just how much it really means I'm glad to be, yes sirree On Welcome Street, dear to me Where I can lose those Blue. Aren't you glad you came with me 
down the Mississippi, where all the light and the dark folks meet. Heaven on earth, they call it Basin Street. Heaven on earth, they call it Basin There's the place where you get a driver's license. Over there. Now, Costello, when you go in there, you must act with dignity. That's right up my alley. And you must act with confidence. That's right up my alley. And you must know the answers to all the traffic laws in California. Set them up in the other alley. <laughs> Look, you dummy, you've got to get a license if you're going to teach Marilyn Maxwell how to drive. Yes, Habit. And when I get her into the car, I'm going to propose to her, and I'm going to give her my cat's eye ring. A cat's eye ring? Sure. I bought it through an ad in the paper. It said, wear this cat's eye ring and your house will be full of love. And is your house full of love? No, it's full of cats. I... <laughs> Come on, now, let's see. Uh, which one of these offices issues a driver's license, Costello? Uh, here, try that door over there. Okay. I won't run for mayor anymore. I'll never run for mayor anymore. Who was that? Louis B. Mayer's horse, Busher. <laughs> Come on, Costello. Marilyn's waiting for us. We've got to find out where to get that driver's license. I'll ask that woman over there. <clears throat> Pardon me, miss. Can you tell me where the driver's license... Well, where... if it isn't Mr. Aubin oh. and Mr. Costello. Oh. Hello, you fought little mon, you. <laughs> I didn't expect to find you here. We didn't expect to find you here. Well, we wouldn't have been here. Quiet, Costello. Uh, what brings you here, miss? Oh, I stopped by to get new licenses for my two automobiles. <laughs> my Plymouth and my Hootson. Plymouth and Hootson. Oh, Evan, that's like a Studebucher or a Pontiac. <laughs> well, I must be totaling along. As they say in Spanish, Lueta Parascuda in La Vista to you. And a wet Barracuda in a kisser to you, too. <laughs> Hey, Costello, there's the license inspector. Tell him what, what you want. Go ahead. Mister, I want a driving license. Very well. Step right up here. What's your name? Lewis. John L. or Strangler? <laughs> no, no, look, mister, this is Lou Costello. Oh, yes, now I recognize you. And you're Mr. Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, I always listen to you on the radio. Oh, you're so funny. Why, my wife and I almost die laughing. You know, especially when you open that closet and all the stuff falls out. Wait a minute. That's not us. You're thinking of Burns and Allen. Oh, no. I know Burns and Allen. Uh, you know, he's the one that always hollers, Hey, Abner! Now, look, Gracie. I mean, Abbott. Will you tell this guy I want a driver's license? Oh, yes, yes. Now, first of all, I'll give you the eye test. We insist on perfect vision. Now, let's see. Uh, where are you? <laughs> I'm standing over here. Oh, oh, yes, yes. All right, Mr. Costello. <laughs> now, put your left hand over your right eye. Left? Right. Wait a minute. Make up your mind. Right or left? 
Costello, it's very simple. A man wants you to put your right hand over your left eye, which leaves your right eye left. Oh, oh, oh. He wants me to put my left hand on my right eye because the one on the left is right, and that's the only one left. That's right. Well, which is it? Right or left? Uh, look, you, you cover your left eye. Yes. Now, your right eye is left. How did it get over there? <laughs> Idiot, your eyes don't move. Who am I? Influence? I... <laughs> boys, boys, now, I'll make it easy for you. Costello, put both hands over both eyes. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Now, are you sure you can't see anything? I can't see a thing. Now, no fair peeking. Pom-pom, cookity-coo. Where's your list of that one go? Shall it go east? Shall it go west? Shall it go under the cuckoo's nest? Oh, I like this. This is fun. <laughs> now, I'll hide and you find me. Well, I like to, but I'm a busy man. A busy, busy man. Uh, here's your driver's license. Goodbye. Well... Let's go, Costello. Now you're ready to take Marilyn Maxwell for a driving lesson. Hey, Costello, there's Marilyn waiting at the curb for us. Ah, there you are, Lewis, honey. Well, I'm all ready to go. Say, how do you get into this car? Wait a minute, and I'll open the door for you. Hop in. (laughs) Now, Marilyn, now, keep your eye on me, and you'll see me really do some driving. First, I step on this, release that, press this, and step on a gas. Uh, Costello, what happened? I'll tell you as soon as I climb back into the front seat. <laughs> oh, Lewis, we're coming to a stoplight. Apply your brakes. <laughs> oh, Lewis, did you step on the brakes too hard? I wasn't born with this windshield wiper on my forehead. <laughs> oh, please now, please, Lewis, drive a little slower. Isn't this beautiful, romantic country? Costello, now's your chance. Go ahead and kiss her. Marilyn, would you mind if I... Would you... Would you... I know, Louis, you want to kiss me. All right, go ahead. Well, aren't you going to kiss me? Marilyn, my bad self tells me to kiss you. My good self tells me not to. Well... I'm a bad boy! (laughs) Look out, Costello. Watch where you're going. There's a fork in the road by that big red barn. Don't worry. Either I'll take the road to the left or the road to the right. Lewis, make up your mind. I will. I can go to the left or go to the right. Or through the barn. (laughs) Oh, Lewis, I'm so sorry. You smashed your car all to bits. Yes, and now I won't be able to give you any more lessons about driving a car. But, Lewis, I know how to drive a car. I wanted you to take me to the country club. I want to learn to drive a golf ball. How do you like that? Now I gotta go out and dig up a down payment on a golf ball! And now back to Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Well, Costello, you smashed your car, but don't worry. You can deduct the loss from your income tax. Abbott, do you know anybody that can help me with my tax? Oh, certainly. Next Thursday, I'll get my brother to help you. You know, he works in the bank. Oh, yes. My mother told me to ask you, Abbott. What does your brother do in a bank? Uh, Tell her. I will, if you'll tell me. (laughs) I just told you. You told me what? Tell her. How can I tell her if you won't tell me? I just told you, tell her. Tell her in the bank. Tell her in the bank. Why can't I tell her at home? I'll get him out of here. Good night, folks. Good night. Good night, everybody. Listen to Abbott and Costello next week and hear Lou Costello make his his income tax assisted by Bud Abbott's brother, who's a teller in the bank. 
Don't tell anybody that I told you he's a teller because I promise not to tell anybody he's a teller and I wouldn't want to be known as a teller who tells. Make a date with Prince Albert's Grand Ole Opry Saturday night on NBC. You'll find new delight in American folk songs the way Red Foley sings them. The Duke of Paducah and Minnie Pearl and many others will also be on hand. That's Saturday night for Grand Ole Opry with Red Foley. Be sure to tune in next week for another great Abbott and Costello show brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. And remember, experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. C-A-M-E-L-S This is Michael Roy in Hollywood wishing you all a pleasant good night for Camel. Stay tuned now for the Eddie Cantor Show. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Abbott and Costello faced personal demons at times. Both were inveterate gamblers and had serious health problems. Bud Abbott suffered from epilepsy and turned to alcohol for pain management. Lou Costello had occasional near-fatal bouts of rheumatic fever. On November 4th of 1943, the same day that Costello returned to radio after a one-year layoff due to illness... His infant son, Lou Jr., died in an accidental drowning in the family's swimming pool. Maxine Andrews of the Singing Andrews Sisters recalls how Lou Costello's demeanor changed after the tragic loss of his son. According to her, he didn't seem as fun-loving and as warm. He seemed to anger easily. There was a difference in his attitude. Well, as the father of two sons myself, I can certainly understand that. During 1945, a rift developed between the two men when Abbott hired a domestic servant who had been fired by Costello. Angered by Abbott's decision, Costello refused to speak to his partner except when performing. Abbott allegedly resolved the rift when he volunteered to help with Costello's pet charity, a foundation for underprivileged children, and suggested naming it the Lou Costello Junior Youth Foundation. The facility opened in 1947 and still serves the Boyle Heights District of Los Angeles. Stay tuned for part two of Theater of the Mind, when we'll turn the lights down low as we join the shadow. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Now for a complete switch from Abbott and Costello, we do a 180 and wind up in front of the radio to hear what families were listening to on their Philco or RCA sets in the parlor, The Shadow. hearts of men. The shadow knows. <laughs> Once again, the Mutual Network brings you the thrilling adventures of the shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. The shadow who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret, the hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Etched 
with acid. It's night. A silver sliver of moonlight spears its way through the darkness of the bedroom. Suddenly, the French doors overlooking the balcony swing slowly open. Three men enter quietly, walk to the side of the bed. Turn your light on, Amari. Right. Joe Hanson, watch that door. Nobody gets it. Okay, Vichy. Wake it up, man. Sure, boy. Pretty, ain't she? She won't be long. Wake it up. Come on out of it, sister. <laughs> All right, Mrs. Winthrop. Oh, George. You were three weeks late for our date, Mrs. Winthrop. I thought you'd forgotten me. I didn't forget. I was going to call you. You're lying. You were supposed to have some jewelry for me. What is it? I couldn't go through with it, Richie. That would be crooked, huh? But it's all right to renege on a debt, huh? Give time. I'll get you your money. I promise you. You had your time. You're welcome. I'll get it this time. I'll borrow. I'll do anything on it. You had your warning. Give me the bottle, Maddie. Sure, boss. Here. I'll get an eye. No. No, you wouldn't. No. 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 Shouldn't have hit so hard, man. I had a boss. She was aiming to hit high C. But now she won't know what's happening to her. You really gonna let her have it, man? Yeah. All of it. Find the light on her face. Now stand back. Her face. Let me go, handsome. Your boss, Timothy. Good Lord. She's sort of like a sales sample, boy. We'll use her to persuade other dames that we mean business. All right, folks, step up and make your bets. Make your bets, folks. The wheel's hot tonight. Ten on the black, please. Ten on the black, right. The boss wants to see you, Mrs. Surrey. Not now, Maddie. I'll see you later. The boss wants to see you now. Well, 20. This way, Mrs. Surrey. What's so urgent that he has to see me right now? Here's the boss's office. Ask him. Step in. Hello, Richie. Maddie says you want to see me. Yeah, Mrs. Surrey. Couldn't it wait? It has waited too long. What are you talking about? Desire yours. They're yours, ain't they? Oh. Well, I, I've had a sort of losing streak. But I'll pay you. When? It's me to get the money. I don't have it right now. Your husband has. But I wouldn't ask him. If he knew I'd been gambling and, and losing so much. Oh, I couldn't reach Where's that leave me? I don't run this place for my own amusement. How much is it? Forty-two hundred. I haven't got it, Richie. You got that much more and more in jewels. That rock on your finger alone is worth over a grand. But I couldn't part with these. My husband would know. And the way we'll do it. The stuff insured? Well, yes, of course. Good. It's going to get lifted tomorrow night. Your husband gets his insurance, we get our dough. Everybody's satisfied. But there's a burglar alarm. That ain't how it happens, Mrs. Sherry. Tomorrow night you'll be at the High Hole Club. You get up from your table at exactly 
Leave this stuff on your table in a little change purse. Mario will take care of the rest. But... There ain't no but. Remember that society then that was found dead? Her face all eaten away by acid. I... I read about it. Sad, wasn't it? You wouldn't think anything that serious could happen just because she didn't follow instructions, would you? You certainly must have been in the mood for slumming tonight, Lamont. Whatever brought you down to this place? No, just curiosity, Margot. The only ones told me that the high hole club was the best place to see how the um, other half lived. <laughs> well, from the looks of some of the gowns and jewels, I would say it lived pretty well. Yes, there are a lot of beautiful jewels in the place. Mm. There's a woman over there who seems nervous about hers. Which one? You see her? Putting her bracelet in her purse. Oh, Lamont, it's a beautiful bracelet, too. Mm. Hey, now that's careless of her. The woman put her bracelet in her change purse, left it on her table. Now she's getting up to dance. Oh, well, she'll probably keep her eye on it. Yeah, I guess so. Wait a minute, Margot. Someone else has an eye on that bracelet. Well, for goodness sake, yes, that man picked up her purse. He's leaving with it, Lamont. Stay here, Margot. I'll be right back. Uh, just a second. What's on your mind, mister? Didn't you make a mistake? I just saw you pick up a purse at the lady's table here. You're in my way, mister. I'd put it back if I were you. Why, I'll... Anything wrong, boys? I'm the manager. This smart guy's trying to start something. Says I picked up a dame's purse. I don't stand for funny stuff in my place, Matty. Did you pick it up? Maybe. Let's step back out of the way. I thought we won't start anything. Now, uh... What about this purse? There's a diamond bracelet in it. Start talking, Matty. I'm getting it fixed. It's got a broken catch. Oh, does the lady know about it? Ask her. Who is she? Her name's Mrs. Surrey. Surrey? I'll get her. Uh, don't go away. Haven't I seen you someplace, Matty? i never been there. Oh, I see. A conversationalist, huh? If I were you, mister, I wouldn't... Here's shut... Mrs. Surrey. What's all this about? Your bracelet. I saw this man pick Maddie? up... Maddie? What about Maddie? You know him? Of course I know him. What's all of this about? Oh, I saw him pick up your bracelet from the table. I told him I'm taking it to get the catch fixed. That's right. I asked him to. I see. I, uh, I just thought that... It's no concern of yours. You have no right to interfere. I'm sorry. You'll be a lot sorrier someday if you keep sticking your nose where it ain't wanted. Never mind the hard talk, Maddie. This is a respectable joint. The guy made a mistake. That's all. Yeah, mistake. Good night, Mrs. Surrey. G good night, Maddie. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I have been a bit of a nuisance, Mrs. Surrey. No, not at all. Good night. Good night, Mrs. Surrey. <laughs> Why so quiet, Lamont? Did that little episode back at the high hall fetch you? No, but I can't get it out of my head that that woman was frightened. Badly frightened. Who did you say she was? Named Surrey. Oh, yes, yes, I remember. I read about her. She's a very gay socialite. Yes, exactly. 
I keep thinking about another gay young society woman, Mrs. Winthrop. Was brutally murdered not so long ago. And you think Mrs. Ferry's in danger? Very grave danger. Danger of being murdered? I don't know. She acted as though she were afraid of something... Something worse than murder. Well, I read about that Winthrop killing. It was horrible. The face was... Just... Just all gone. Yes, acid. Margot, I think I'll have a talk with Mrs. Surrey tomorrow... when her chaperone isn't around. Mrs. Surrey, boy. Richie... What's the meaning of this? Shut the door, handsome, and stand by it. Whatever gave you the notion you could cross me and keep on breathing? Cross you? I don't know what you mean. No. How about a guy last night at the high hole club? Who was he? I don't know. I swear it. I never saw him before in my life. I... Hold it. Yeah? Howdy, Richie. A Surrey dame had two callers after handsome picked her up this evening. Anybody I know? Somebody you should know. The same guy that busted up our play last night at the High Hole Club. Was he alone? No. He had a dame driver. Get a line on a dame. Check back here. I'll have a job for you tonight. Like you were saying, Miss Perry. You never saw this guy before, huh? Never. I swear it. You're lying. <laughs> no. Now what's he doing at your house this evening? I tell you, I don't know anything about it. Answer. The bottle. What? Yeah. What are you going to do? We got a special beauty treatment we save for double crossing. What? I'm going to give you a preview of it. No, no, don't. Hold on, Hanson. <laughs> We're being good natured today, Mr. We're going to use this copper bowl instead of your face. For now. We just poured a few drops from the bottle into the bowl. Like this. You see, Miss Terry, it eats right into the metal. That's all, Miss Terry. You can go home now. What's next, Eugene? There were two witnesses to last night's job, handsome. That's two too many. What do we do about it? Mary's running them down now. You and Mary pay the dame a visit tonight. And, uh, no monkey business with the dame. See, huh? Of course not, boss. But, uh, what do I do? Kill her? No. The police might get inquisitive. Then? She's driving a car. When she puts it away tonight, you'll be waiting in the garage. You'll give the dame a special beauty treatment. That's a cinch to make the guy lose his memory. Too bad Mrs. Surrey wasn't at home this evening, Lamont. Well, it can wait till tomorrow, Margot. Yeah, but... Where are you going, darling? I'm going to drive you home. Oh, no, darling, it's late. I'll help you put the car away and I'll catch a cab at the corner. Well, I can just as well drive you home. Not then to arrive to your garage now. All right. And won't take a minute. Oh, darling, toss me the keys to the garage, will you, so I can open the doors for you? Here you are. Cat. Ah, uh, it's the big key. Okay. Hey, you sure this is the right key? Well, I think so. It's... Oh, it's all right. I've got it. 
Okay, drive in. Well, now that you're here, don't you want to come in for a minute? Oh, not tonight, darling. I'd really rather get home. Oh, Mom! What is it? A friend was tired. He's lying down. Oh, oh, I... oh, sudden, lady. I'm nervous. Get out of that car. What have you done to him? If I were you, I'd be more concerned what we're going to do to you. Get out! What is it? What do you want with me? Your friend has been bothering us. We want to discourage him. We're going to use you to discourage him. My friend has a special beauty treatment. He's going to give you... Oh, no, no, you're, you're just trying to scare me. Got the bottle, Brown? Yeah, you I... hold it. I don't... Help! 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 Hurry up. I can't hold him. A little more. That's it. A year ago today, General Courtney Hodges and his first division were battling their way through the streets of Cologne. Your Red Cross girls were there, directly behind the lines, dispensing cheer and donuts to the battle-weary G.I.s. Today, your Red Cross is still there with the Army of Occupation. We have silenced the Wehrmacht, but your Red Cross still fights a battle, a battle against loneliness. For the men now overseas, the warmth and hospitality of the Red Cross Recreation Club is the one bright spot in their arduous task yet to be completed. At home, their comrades in the hospitals and other veterans struggling to adjust themselves to civilian life are also benefited by your Red Cross more than 4,300 Red Cross hospital workers assisted servicemen in our veterans' hospitals during the year of 1945. And 450,000 veterans' claims were handled by local Red Cross chapters during the same period. So give generously to your American Red Cross for its wide and divisive program of service to humanity. Give to the Red Cross. Now, back to the shadow. Lamont Cranston and Margot Lane have stumbled into a vicious racket. In an attempt to discourage them, the racketeers trapped them in Margot's garage and have thrown a chemical into her face. My eyes. My eyes, I can't see. Lamont, help, please. Margo. Please. Lamont. Lamont, I can't see. Where are you? Where are you? Kid. Margot. Margot, what's wrong? It's my eyes, my face. There's no acid, Lamont. I can't see. I Better can't... take your hands out. Let me look at your eyes. I can't. I can't. They burn. No, Lamont. Come on, darling, quickly. Get you into your apartment. You're all right, darling. You're all right. It wasn't acid they threw in your face. It was probably ammonia. Oh, oh Lamont. Thank you. Darling, you're sure you didn't recognize either of them? No, no, darling. I'm, I didn't. It happened so fast. and It was so dark. Well, at least they left us their calling card. What is it? Oh, a note. What does it say? Well, not much. I'll read it to you. It's just as easy to make it the real thing next time. Oh. If this one doesn't help your memory to get bad, we'll try the real beauty cure. That one's guaranteed. Well, I guess someone wants us to forget about that bracelet, all exactly, right? Exactly, Margot, and this little episode gives me the link I needed. What link? Acid. The link between Mrs. Winthrop, the other society woman who was murdered, and that surly woman in the High Ho Club last night. What are you going to do? I was going to wait till tomorrow to see her, but now it can't wait. Tonight, the shadow is going to pay a call on Mrs. Surrey. You can't rest pacing up and down, Mrs. Surrey. Who said that? The shadow. 
<laughs> Where are you? The lights are on, but I, I can't see anyone. No one sees the shadow, Mrs. Surrey. I tell you, I, I never saw that man before last night. I haven't double-crossed you, I swear it. Don't kill me. I'm not here to kill you. I'm here to help you. You're not one of Ricci's gang? The shadow fights men like Ricci. Oh, oh, I wish I could believe that. You must. Because I need your help to destroy them. What do you want from me? Tell me what happened last night. I can't tell you. They'd kill me if they found out. No one will ever know you've spoken to the shadow. Tell me, Matty was part of the gang, wasn't he, Mrs. Surrey? Yes, he came to get my jewels. I... No, no, I can't tell you anymore. When are you going to see Matty and the gang again? Tonight, at Ricci's... Good. Go there. I'm afraid. Go there, Mrs. Surrey, and follow their instructions. That gang will be smashed, I promise you. The shadow knows. <laughs> oh, Lamont, I've been trying to reach you all afternoon. I've been busy piecing together this puzzle, Margot. Where's it been? Made a couple of visits to some of the larger insurance claims agents. I was curious to find out how many claims they've had lately on stolen jewelry. And have there been many? Yes, quite a few. Companies are worried, but the people involved are so important they hesitate to do anything. Well, what about Mrs. Surrey? She's filed a claim for her bracelet, said it was lost several nights ago. But we know that... It's almost a foolproof dodge, Margot. A maid saw her go out with it that night, various people saw her wearing the bracelet, and she didn't have it when she came home. Yes, but we saw what happened. We're supposed to be thoroughly scared. Just supposed to be? Well, I think I've got the evidence I need. I could smash the ring right now, but all I could prove is extortion. When we get them, I want to get them for cold-blooded murder. And how are you going to do it? I'm going to reach his gambling den just outside of town. That's the gang's headquarters, apparently. Can I go along? No. Not this time, Margot. This is a case for the shadow. Come on in, Mrs. Surrey. Oh, it's you. I, I got a message telling me to meet Weechie here. That's right. I sent that message to you. Your little playmate, Hanson. I... I think I'll wait outside until Richie comes. Uh, the door is locked. Oh. We, uh, we wouldn't want to be disturbed, would we? Let me out of here. Now, is that insociable? I, uh, I thought maybe you and me could have a little talk. What about? You and me. Maybe we could start it off with a little kiss. You must be crazy. Maybe. But then I always was crazy for things with class. Richie won't like this. I'm not worried what Richie thinks, does this? I'm not planning on being here when Richie gets back. I'll tell him. I'll tell him everything. You won't be here either, Duchess. What do you mean? You and I are going places. Together. I'm not going any place with you. Uh, you don't think I can afford you? Well, um, take a look at this. Sure. Mm-hmm. A whole bag full of them. That's right. Change your mind about coming, Duchess? No. I wouldn't go with a cheap crook like you. And... Cheap crook, eh? So you're too good for me, eh? Come here, sister. Let go of me. I'll just hold your hands behind your back like this. I, I won't tell Richie. I won't tell anybody. You won't have to. Now the bottle. Ever see this? Yes. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. Help! Help! You're wasting your time, Duchess. Richie had this room soundproof. Oh, you do. You think you're too good for me, eh? Okay, Duchess. 
When I'm through with you, you won't be good enough for anybody. Please let me go. I'll get you money, anything. Save your breath. You might need it. Now, the door. The door's open. It's funny. I don't see anybody. And the door's closed. What's the matter trying to spy on us? Oh, handsome, please let me go. I never did anything to you. You don't like the idea of the beauty treatment, Ed, that's it. There was another dame just like you. She didn't like it either. She's the one who's going to put you in the electric chair, handsome. Who said that? The shadow. I've come for vengeance. <laughs> Where are you? Right here, handsome, at your elbow. How could you... <laughs> the other elbow, handsome. Hey, with me. Well, I'll kill her. I can see her. No, you don't, handsome. Stop it, Iris. He almost broke my wrist. Now that we've relieved you of your gun, here's something you've had coming for a long while. And here's another for a couple of friends of mine. You killed him, Shadow. I'll just knock him out. Ah, what's all this jewelry, Mrs. Surrey? It's the gang. Handsome was getting ready to run away with it. Uh, first, we'll scoop it back into this bag. I'd advise you to withdraw your insurance claim, Mrs. Surrey. Your bracelet and the rest of these jewels will be turned over to the insurance companies to return to their owners. But what about Handsome, Richie, and the others? I'll take care of them. As soon as I've seen you on your way in the... I'm coming back to take care of Richie and the rest of his gang. been going on here? Oh, my jaw. Never mind your jaw. Get your eyes open. The joint's a wreck. The boss is safe. It's wide open. What's happened? The shed. The shed has been here. The shadow. Yeah. You sure? Of course I'm sure, Matty. He came in here. I couldn't even see the guy. First thing I know, he's given me a going over. Shadow. You're lucky he's still alive. You better get out of here. He'll be coming back. Let him. I got my rod in a minute. He comes but in. But good's a gun. You can't see him. Yeah, you're right. Well, we better get out of what? Now, it's time to get the shadow, Matty. We're done for. As soon as he gets that door open, I start blasting. I tell you, a gun's no good. Then give me that bottle of acid. That'll stop him. As soon as it gets all the way open, I'll let him have it. I know, I know. Now. Ah! My foot! It's Richard. He's got a gun. Don't kill Rachel. You killed him. You killed Maddie. I kill you too. You gun crazy killer. You got me too. Then what was you, Richie? We didn't know. Uh, you thought it was the shadow, didn't you, handsome? Oh, you did come back, shadow. Well, Maddie's killed, huh? Richie dead from his own acid, huh? Well, at least we'll all three beat the chair, shadow. Who killed the Winthrop woman? You are Richie. Richard did. He threw the acid. Why? She waltzed on her IOUs. That wasn't a reason, Hasm. Wasn't it because she wouldn't help you steal her jewels? Maybe. Didn't you make arrangements with your victims to leave their jewels or Maddie could pick them up? And the women put a claim to their insurance companies and you blackmailed them by holding the jewel theft over their head? That's right. Only, won't do you any good, Shadow. We're all beaten the rest. I wouldn't count on it, Hanson. I have an idea that you're going to survive. And pay for your part in this vicious racket. Well, 
Well, Lamont, I see by the papers that Hanson has confessed everything. We'll recover the stand trial. Yes, Margo. Racket's completely smashed. And a lot of foolish women will sleep easier tonight than they have in many months. Darling, what was the gang's hold over those women? Well, instead of turning over their jewels to the gang to pay their gambling debts, the society women reported them as stolen. The insurance company paid off, the husband suspected nothing, the gamblers got their money, apparently everything was fine. But... But by doing this, the women had committed a felony. Yes, but so had the gangsters. So they'd stolen the jewels. No, no, darling. They had photostats of the IOUs to prove that the women had sold them the jewels. It was the women who had committed the crimes. I see. After getting the jewels, Ricci's gang proceeded to blackmail their victims and bleed them white. What a horrible racket. Yes, darling. And a racket only made possible by stupid, foolish women. I hope all this rotten notoriety teaches them a lesson. Next week, same time, same station, the Mutual Network will bring you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Be sure to listen. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Burns and Allen, followed by Dimension X. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.